Corona Chronicle session 23 with Rudy Mick. So Rudy Mick has been on the show now at least three or four times. He's one of my repeat guests, one of my trusted go-to consultants, authorities, mentors. Uh, And I know he's been busy out there keeping his ear to the ground, trying to find the latest and greatest for best advice when it comes to this coronavirus. I mean, he's got so many clients he's responsible for uh, consulting and advising. I knew he'd be a great conversation and he did not let down. He had some really great uh, things to say. Um, The big takeaways in this one, he asks, you know, he says, we have to ask ourselves, how do we do the right thing? What is the right thing? And what actions can we take? And we spent a lot of our conversation today kind of talking about what is the right thing? Um, and a little bit about what the actions are we can take. Uh, we also talk about the the, the state of the industry uh, for the future. What what does the future look like? Uh, how are how is the culture of the industry going to be different after this? Uh, I think these are the questions we need to start asking now. Is like what's the future look like, and how can we best adapt now during this low time to come out of this thing stronger than ever? And uh, it's a great conversation. Uh, so. And we got to talk about sponsors. And I'll be honest, it's a little weird for me to have uh, sponsors for this content. I, I really just want to you know, speak to people and share best practices. But we got to recognize that this show would not be possible. I would not be able to provide this information to you if not for my sponsors. And you can imagine with um, three episodes a day going live, my core content's taking a hit. So I want to make sure my sponsors are being taken care of because they've been so generous in taking care of me. And uh, today, this episode is brought to you by Procter & Gamble. Uh, so we were using um, ads before talking about Don Professional. And it always seems like Procter & Gamble shows up whenever there's devastation. Uh, you look at the oil slicks, right? They're there with Don cleaning those ducks up. Um, now, there's an epidemic amongst us and here they are again providing countless uh, supplies and you know chemicals to keep us clean and uh, healthy uh, during a time where it's never been more important that we're staying sanitized and uh, they have plenty of EPA rated uh, products to, to fight against coronavirus. Um, they're going to be giving me some more details about those products and I'll be sure to mention them in future episodes. Um, and again, I just can't say thank you enough to my sponsors. Um, they help me help you in uh, maybe keep Procter and Gamble in the back of your mind when you're doing your grocery shopping during these weird times. All right, here's today's episode. Rudy Mick, my man, how are you during these troubling times? I am well, Eric. Thank you very much. Uh, my team and I are all hunkered down. Uh, no one, uh, everyone is healthy and thus far on our team. And um, pretty much like you, uh, been on the phone, uh, email, podcasts, um, almost nonstop over the last. 10 days or so. Right. So uh, it's, and, been, uh, it's been quite a tidal wave. It has. In, a, in case this is the first time you guys have heard Rudy's voice, Rudy's been on the show at least three or four times now. He's kind of one of my trusted go-to mentors, uh, individuals I want to keep close in my circle just because I, I really, I don't know, I just I really uh, resonate with what you have to say in the way you say it. In uh, the first time I met Rudy or discovered Rudy was in uh, Nick uh, oh, it's his last thing. Cirillo's book, A Slice of the Pie. And ever since, I've just kind of been a fan mm-hmm. of yours. So, um, what are, what you said? You've been on. You've been on the phone. You've been doing podcasts all week. What are What are people saying? Like, what's What are you taking away? What, what What's What are you feeling right now? Uh, two things. Uh, one is, um, actually, three things. 
The first is how do I do the right thing? Mm. So from an owner's perspective, from a team member's perspective, how do I do the right thing? And what is the right thing? I was so going to ask huge intention. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, there's huge, there's huge intention to be good citizens and to be good owners, leaders of companies. Um, across the nation and frankly, uh, internationally, I was on calls with clients yesterday in Norway, up in Canada, uh, in Germany, as well as all over the United States. And the same, you know, the same commentary is happening. The same questions are showing up because this is a human issue and, and it's a business issue, right? So, so that's first and foremost. Second is how, what, what to do and how to deal with mixed signals. So how do we do the right thing even when we're getting mixed messages from Washington, D.C. compared to um, uh, nationally and internationally about the medical side and the data side of COVID-19. Third is the abject, and this probably gets us more to the bull. Third is what are the actions I can take? How do I protect my people? How do I protect my cash? What do I do with food that's on the shelves? If I can't, if I have to shutter my restaurant, shutter my business, what do I do with uh, inventory on hand, etc. So those three pieces pragmatically are standing out. The other kind of theme under all of that, I think, is that uncertainty is the big learning for me and reminder for me is that uncertainty is the foundation of fear and fear fear shows up when I anticipate harm. So fear is just for the, for the folks doing reasonably well, fear is being, um, uh, bounded and, it doesn't to figure out, okay, do I stay open? Do, how do I repurpose my restaurant to do carry out or um, delivery? How do, or if I can't do that and I've been shuttered, how do I get my food to a food bank or to kids that are hungry and because schools are closed, uh, not being fed, right? I mean, how ridiculous is that? So um, issues those kinds of issues are popping up all over. Uh, for me, the, the, especially as an owner, for those owners that are out there, and frankly, anybody that's listening, um, to me, the, one of the greatest signs of success is making a payroll, knowing that I've got people that are counting on me. And one of the most frightening, uh, hard elements of owning a business, running a business is when that ability to pay payroll is uh, undercut. And so, you know, it brings us back to that fear piece again, right? So there's the heart of the, there's the center of the dialogue is what do I do? What's the right thing to do? And how do I, how do I settle fear and stay present? There you go. So, um, I guess let's just start at the top. Like, uh, well, 
let's start in the middle. What is the right thing? I think there's a lot of people right now that feel like the right thing is to do what you said and make sure that they're taking care of their employees, which means they're staying open. They're finding unique ways to continue to make money through this, uh, which at the same time are ways that's putting them uh, in contact with other. It's, it's, it's kind of going against the green as to what we're supposed to be doing right now uh, from what the government standpoint is. Are you picking up what I'm putting down? Yeah, I, I believe so. And here's something actually. So you're, you're alluding to a point that I haven't heard anybody talk about. Uh, and that is this, is that if doctors, nurses, hospitals, um, first responders are out there putting their lives at risk, uh, simultaneously people have to eat. Uh, the operators that have figured out how to stay open they're, you know, on one extreme, I've, I've got a dear friend and, and operator that is an independent um, restaurateur. He's actually working with no crew whatsoever, 18 hours a day, and pretty much on his knees, getting uh, fatigued, trying to keep up with carryout. Somebody, so that's, that's one extreme, and I don't know that that's the smartest opportunity there is this the the counter to that is okay well with COVID-19 how do I keep my team if we have figured out how to repurpose the restaurant um, to do carry out or do delivery um, how do we do uh, social distancing uh, still be safe and sanitary and um, which is covenant to our work anyway right that mm-hmm. that's where we live my point is is that the folks that are putting food together for the public are in essence first responders as well. Okay. Safe sanitation preparation. And at some level, you're right. There's a conundrum because if I put, if I have a team at work, how do I do social distancing? How do I do food prep? How do I do uh, packaging and get it out safe and sound for my team as well as the public? The other um, one thing that we've also taught, I've also been talking to folks in the hotel business and then quite a number of hotel operators, as big as their kitchens are, are repurposing kitchens to carry out as well and boxing food and uh, for delivery. So it's a really, it's not just restaurants and um that are out there. It's the whole industry that has food prep capability. And at some level, these are first responders. So Mm. I, I, I think we ought to really tip our hats to those folks. Yeah. So I guess what I'm picking up from you, um, one of the things I was concerned about is that, you know, people are so close to this thing. Like it's, they're so close to their business. Um, it's sometimes, you know, they're so close to their people, their employees. It's sometimes hard to see the big picture and they're just trying to make sure that they can keep cash flow within the confines of the restrictions, you know, that they're, that are being put on them, right. uh, that they sometimes are blind to the bigger picture of m- maybe, um, the best way, the fastest way to get out of this is to do nothing at all to, to, you know, shut her up, to stop the bleeding yeah. and to, to get aligned with what the government is saying. But I hear what you're saying on the other side is that we have, also have a social responsibility to feed people. Um, and I get that well, side of it too. I, well, yeah, I think there, again, 
anybody that's looking for a black and white solution to this is going to be uh, off. Yes. Um, welcome to welcome to the 21st century. Welcome to conundrum. Welcome, welcome to reality. To <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So so we were. Um, I've been talking to operators. To your point, there is. Um, there is a conundrum, a paradox out there of, I need the ability to look at the cash I've got, the cash on hand I've got, and then based on the state requirements or the county requirements or the city requirements that I'm dealing with. Because in our, in our country, right, we haven't really set up a national mandate, states' rights rule at this point. Um, you can take your political position on that right or wrong. So with the state's rights positioning, to your point, some states are shuttered, some some cities are shuttered, but not states. Some counties and cities are shuttered, but not states. Certainly not the nation is shuttered. So each of us has got a slightly different scenario to play. Um, God bless the pizza industry and the carrier kind of industry that's already set up to do carry out and delivery bravo for those sit down concepts that are having to retool or rethink great right but regardless to your point regardless of the concept i've got to take a look and listen to city state county and then figure out how much cash have i earning a day so if sales have dropped 20 percent 40 percent 60% is it better for me to close and keep what cash I've got to either pay my existing employees uh, while I negotiate with landlords or banks to mitigate my mortgages and leases, whatever those, those scenarios are, what do I do with the cash I've got left? How do I do the right thing with that? And for those nimble enough, pivotal word also nimbleness to be nimble enough to figure out how to drive cash flow because some concepts right dominoes some of the big pizza guys are hiring on i mean literally tens of thousands of people dominoes yesterday had an ad out for hiring twenty thousand workers across the country damn right so there's the irony while you and i are shutting down they're hiring yeah um so Again, how do I repurpose my team? What do I have left with the cash? Is it better to shut down or lose money every day? Uh, those are decisions that each operator has got to be able to well, make case, on their own. Yeah, it's and, case by case. I, yeah, just, I just had David Scott Peters on the show, and he's you know like yeah. we're asking like what do we do? And he suggests doing a twelve week cash flow budget. Like you got to get that budget. Yeah. You got to know what you got in the bank. You got to know how long you can stay afloat with what you have, yeah. and that's that's going to determine a lot of what you know. You're going to have to base a lot of your decisions off of what that budget says. Um, so it is case. Well, by case. It's, it's great. Yeah, it's great to hear that Peters is saying. 12 weeks i my sense was exactly that it, with that one quarter cash flow uh to go out further than that is probably a waste of time because who knows what's going to happen beyond a quarter um even a month from now at the same time to run those numbers will for, for most part uh for the most part it will give the information based on sales 
where they're tracking based on your base costs, where they're tracking, uh, where cash is going to be standing. And from there, it's a lot easier with that data to make the decision, do I shutter up? Do I um, shutter up, but with the exception of carry out and take out, do I stay open and just keep going? Right. Those, those are all viable options that, that make real sense. Uh, waiting for the government to make a decision is, I don't think, a smart decision. Yeah, and there are some, like you, you pointed out, um, some bigger, like um, what was it Domino's is doing great. There are some independents that are crushing it right now. I'm going to have um, uh, somebody on the show out of, what's the name? Olympia, uh, Olympia, Washington. Uh, and Washington. Eric, yeah. yeah. Um, Erica Van Sleet from, or I don't think it's Van Sleet. It's Erica Van something. And I, I apologize Eric, mm-hmm. if you're listening to this, but uh, Vans Burgers um, and they're crushing mm-hmm. it right now. So and they're a drive through only burger joint. So kind of like a local like yeah. uh, in and out burger. But like those types of uh, operations right now are are seeing the best months they've ever had. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, mm-hmm. they're doing great. Um, so there is some hope for some businesses out there. Uh, what I am curious about before we start to wrap things up, these are a lot shorter than my, my traditional interviews, only like 20 minutes. Um, what do you see the, okay. what do you see the, the future of um, the industry looking like? A lot of people are talking, um, you know, the conversation is kind of transitioning to like, what's the, the state of the, the, the industry going to look like after all this? Is it a lot of people are worried that only big corporations are going to exist. And um, that scares a lot of people. Um, but I mean, I kind of wonder if it's going to be easier for the, the smaller independent restaurants to bounce back after this because they have less to lose. You know, they're going to be, I mean, we already have next to nothing. So, I mean, this is just another day. <laughs> you know what I mean? We've, we've, we've recovered from worse. So I'm kind of curious what your thoughts are. Uh, I join you. Um, I, three things are showing up for me. First is we will survive this. Uh, certainly, the, the again the foundation of restaurants is to eat and unless something radically changes biologically we're going to keep eating so the industry is going to survive um i'm with you i think the independent segment is going to come out of this incredibly for those that do survive uh we're going to be stronger clearer Uh, For the industry as a whole, I think we're going to have new trends, new actions and behaviors from trends is the wrong word, but because of the actions and the behaviors necessitated in this COVID-19 experience, we're going to have new behaviors that show up. New culture. That will trend new, totally new culture. Uh, I don't think, as an example, safety and sanitation, as much as it's a given in the industry, uh, I would believe to be true that all of us have improved our safety and sanitation procedures just through the COVID-19 awareness. Uh, One tiny example is that I think the guests out there are going to pay more and more attention to Uh, the way our team members behave when they're coming back from bussing a table or clearing a dining room or clearing a kitchen out and prepping for the next uh, plate or running food out to the dining room. Uh, To me, 
uh, guests are going to pay attention to hand washing. They're going to be paying attention to face touching. Um, they're going to be paying attention in ways that they've never had before, and they won't even know that they're doing it. It's just going to be a behavior. So here's a uh, uh, one one trend. I mean, this is subtle and small, but I I do believe that in the in the sit down and fast casual environment, maybe even the quick service environment, I think we're going to start seeing wash sinks on the pickup side of the line um, more and more and more in design so that I've, I'm coming back from busing. Um, I'm going to run some food out. I'm going to wash my hands before I pick up the new food to carry it out. And it's going to be that action is going to be visible to the public. Um, it, it, one crazy tiny example. Yeah. Well, I think it's interesting um, because, and it's weird, but <clears throat> A lot of this is going to kind of change the culture of our nation. Uh, like you're pointing out all these things. People are going to be a lot more cognizant of cleanliness. So I think it's important to talk about these things because as we, re, as we rebuild, I think you're going to see a lot of people, um, being mindful of those new habits, the new consumer habits. And if you lean into, yeah. um, accommodating those habits, I feel like you might have a better chance of coming out of this thing stronger. Uh, so this is, you know, the uh, other. I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, you're good. This is your time. Um, I think, well, the other, um, as pragmatic as we've stayed on this call, I want to not miss the opportunity to talk a little bit about the heart and the purpose of restaurants. Please. Um, before we, before we close, I, I think I, I, I devoutly believe that the other thing that's going to come out of this on the uh, the other side of COVID is those operators in the community that have figured out it's it's actually easier for me to shut down and use my cash for payroll and to give uh, the food I've got on my shelves left to food banks or to kids hungry. Or no employees. kids hungry or whatever yeah. program or em- exactly or employees take this food, go home, get out of here, be safe. Or they've figured out a way to be nimble enough that they're caring for the neighborhood, not just selling stuff. That community outreach is going to and being part of the neighborhood is in the community is going to be remembered by those communities. Yeah. Uh, all the more so all the more so by the independent restaurants. I'm so happy you're saying this. And one thing, the way I've been communicating exactly what you're saying right now is that, look, like a lot of business has to do with cash flow, right? Um, you can't ignore totally. the significance of cash flow in business, but also, you know, beyond cash flow. And then I think the most important thing about business is it all boils down to relationships. And just because we don't have cash flow right now, doesn't mean that your business is stopped. You, you still need to mind those relationships. That's still a part of business. And you know, like that's, that's an totally. element of business that we can't ignore. So, you know, you're still in business right now, just because your doors are closed. You're, you're still managing those relationships. And, and if you take care of the people in your community and you manage those relationships, they will be there for you when you get out of this. But if you just hermit up and stop talking to people because they're not giving you cash, then you got into this industry for the wrong reason in the first place. hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I love your heart, Eric. It's, and I believe <laughs> that, you. uh, my, my sense from 40 years working in this industry all over the world 
that your that last comment is the bullseye. Yes, thank you. Uh, if it, it feels we, great we, to have people like yeah. you know, reimburse my my uh my mindset, Rudy. I really appreciate that. Did I cut you short? Yeah. It's a little weird with the the Skype right now. It's a little bit of a lag. I apologize. Yeah, no problem at all. I mean, again, you you really you hit um major pieces, right? How do I take care of the fiscal health of my company? So where's my cash? Where's my inventory? Where's my prime costing? Where's my payroll? How do I take care of the emotional health? That is the fear and the angst and the concern of my team. I I do that with empathy, with inspiration that's based on data. And, and, and then last but not least, the physical health. Um, how do I take care of myself as well? How do I maintain social distancing? How do I do something physical, ride a bike, go for a hike, uh, do sit-ups and push-ups, whatever it might be that I maintain in, in myself. So the physical health, emotional health, and fiscal health, those are covenant, and that outreach to the community is how I bind all those three things together. Awesome. Rudy, thank you so much uh, for taking the time uh, to join me again. You're always welcome on this platform. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful for the future personally. Uh, you know, the, the mission me statement of, of restaurant unstoppable unstoppable is to inspire, empower and transform the industry. And one thing that kind of dawned on me last night, just laying in bed, reflecting on all the conversations I had, uh, just finished listening, uh, listening to, um, the David Chang episode that he published on, on, uh, the beginning of the week, uh, reflecting on coronavirus and, um, the, the mission seems is to transform the industry. Right. And I think that uh, mm-hmm. what's exciting about this is that we're all f- being forced to stop, um, which to me is hopeful mm-hmm. because we're all going to be able to make big changes in our business going forward. We're all going to, we're all coming together. We're, we're all pausing and how we get to basically write the future. We get to come together and share best practices and um, we can transform the industry overnight because of how we, because we have to redefine ourselves, you know? And I think that that's hopeful. We can make big changes that changes that needed to happen. Um, what are your thoughts on that before we say goodbye? I think you're a hundred percent correct. What I mean the, the last thing you said hits a bullseye. There are changes out there that need to occur. There's awareness, consciousness, um, awakeness about possibilities that need to change could have changed. And in some bizarre way, this experience forces us to step into that change. Yeah. Forces us to, so there's the good news, right? The opera threat, the opportunity, the threat Um, you were asking about what's the outcome of the industry. There's no doubt that some operators are going to go down. There's just unfortunate reality of that. At the same time, the operators that come out the other side are going to be more nimble, sharper, more connected to community and management systems, um, people and systems, both. Um, It's, there is opportunity for all of us out here to uh, connect. Yeah. And I hope we start having um, that conversation. What does the future look like? How are we going to come out of this? What can we get yeah. aligned? Can we get some values, collective values um, and really, 
you know, I, I think the restaurant industry is going to change the world after all this. I really think it is. And I'm hopeful for that. And uh, thank you so much, Rudy, for uh, coming on the show again. And um, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. You always have such great uh, grace in how you speak. And I just appreciate your time. Eric, it's my pleasure. My best to everybody out there, all the listeners. Stay well. And I almost forgot to mention, Rudy, um, I know that you're collaborating with uh, Bruce Irving and a, and a bunch of other people um, are going to be hosting an online pizza summit. Um, I know you're going to be there. I know. I think Donald Burns or yeah, Donald Burns mm-hmm. I saw is going to be associated. You guys have over 22 speakers. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Because uh, we have a lot of downtime right now, so we might as well get to work on our business around the, these times. Um, <laughs> so uh, tell us about that virtual summit before I, I let you go. Um, help you guys out. Eric, thanks for mentioning that event. Uh, we are doing the first ever, Bruce Irving has put together the first ever uh, virtual pizza summit. Uh, it's April 6th through April 8th. The sessions are videotaped uh, and scheduled. So uh, sessions, for instance, I've got one session on the 6th. Uh, in the morning on leadership and uh, actions we can take as leaders and another session in the afternoon on the 8th about culture and brand and dynamic performance. So those are examples. It should be a really great event and uh, a terrific uh, information resource as well as community driver. Yeah. And uh, Bruce shared a link with me to help get the word out about that. So I'll be sure to use that link. Um, if you head over to restaurantsunstoppablecom slash RCP for restaurant coronavirus podcast, uh, I'll link to that event under session 22, or sorry, under session 23. This is session 23 with Rudy Mick. So uh, that's where you can find the link. Head over there, get signed up, join the summit. And again, Rudy, thank you so much for everything. Uh, be well and stay positive. Thanks, Eric. You too. And to the audience, stay safe out there. We will. Cheers, Rudy. So I knew Rudy would not disappoint. Uh, always positive, always great actionable advice. It's just always a, a, a privilege to to make an example of the way he thinks. And some really great stuff came from today's chat. I think you know the the three things he says we got to ask ourselves: one, how do we do the right thing? What is the right thing? And what are the actions I can take? Um, you know, what is the right thing right now? And that that that's a controversial question because we need to survive. Um, and for some people that means trying to find any way to stay open and to, you know, generate a revenue so they can take care of their people for other people. That means bunkering down, closing up and isolating so we can, uh, expedite this whole process together. Uh, right now I lean towards the latter. I lean, you know, that's the mission of, of the series right now is to get the industry aligned. How can we get the industry aligned? What can we do to, um, you know, get through this together? And I think the best thing right now we can do to get through this together is if you're not essential, um, hunker down, um, stay away from people. Uh, we gotta, we gotta ride this sucker out. Uh, and the more of us that are out there, socializing, interacting unnecessarily, the, the longer we're going to prolong this thing. And I think right now, um, the general census is that we need to get lean. We need to stretch whatever we have. And, um, the more we fight against the grain and interact and spread this disease, this, or sorry, this, this virus, the longer we're going to be in the state of, um, hibernation. So, um, that's 
if I had to lean in a direction, I'd say I'm probably leaning in that direction. And I just recorded a few more episodes um, since recording this one that back up that school of thought. They'll be live before the end of the night. So uh, what is really cool about what's happening right now, and I want to make sure I share this because I think it's very hopeful um, that what's happening right now is happening to all of us. We're all going through this majority of us. There's still a few people that are making money through this. Um, not worth getting into that, but I'm just saying we're going through this together. Um, and I, what, what, what's cool is I think that the whole landscape um, is going to change the, the way we know this industry is, is going to be different and restaurant unstoppable's mission is to inspire, empower and transform the industry. And I think that we're going to be able to transform the industry faster because we're, we're all being forced to stop. We're all going to have to reinvent ourselves. We're all going to have to come back stronger than before. And we can do that united. We can share best practices. We can share the vision for what we want the future to look like. Now's the time to make the difference. Now's the time to get aligned and say, when we come back out of this thing stronger than, than ever, this is what it's going to look like. And when I say, I want to keep the industry aligned, um, I think that plays into it. Like, how are we going to come back stronger? What's that going to look like? I'm curious what your thoughts are. How does the industry need to improve? What what things can we be doing, and how can we accommodate for that now, and be intentional about how we come back to be to come back better? I think those are the questions we need to be asking ourselves. Those are the questions we need to be talking to our community. Like, you know, what conversations are you having with other restaurateurs in your community? Get aligned. Let's get aligned. Let's get through this together. And I'm kind of excited for it. I'm not going to lie. I know it's weird to say that. It's kind of effed up. Things are weird right now, but why not be optimistic, right? Why not stay positive? Um, it's interesting times for sure. But again, I have to remind you that this episode was brought to you by Procter and Gamble. Uh, and my sponsors uh, have been great to me. Uh, they allow me to help you. They help me help you and uh, would not be able to, to do what I'm doing right now without their support. So during these times, it's it's more important than ever that we're staying sanitized or staying clean. Uh, we have that good hygiene. Uh, so if you're out there doing your your shopping, your, your uh, safe s- social distance shopping, um, Try to see if there's any pro- or Don or uh, Procter & Gamble products left on the shelves. I doubt it. They've been pretty cleaned out, but look for them uh, because they're helping me help you, and it's more important than ever that we're we're keeping things clean right now. So thank you to Don, a professional, and any other uh, Procter & Gamble uh, cleaning solution out there. There's so many. Uh, they're going to give me a list to share with you guys in future episodes. And All right. With that said, thanks for sticking around this long. I'll talk to you in a couple of hours. Peace. <laughs>